Good morning, Hope. My name is Kristen, and I have the privilege of talking to you this morning. As you know, our current sermon series is on spiritual rhythms, and this morning we're going to be talking about the spiritual rhythm of simplicity. Now, the discipline of simplicity is actually quite complex. It means not having to keep up with the Joneses, as the expression goes, not having to worry about having the latest and greatest television set or apartment or phone. It means not having to worry about what we look like or what we're wearing, it means not being tied to what others think of us. But let's face it, that is hard to do in our current culture. We don't live in a simple world. We live in a very complex world. We are constantly bombarded with ads telling us what a good life is, telling us what they think will make us happy. The average child aged 2 through 11 sees over 25,000 ads on television a year, while the average adult sees over 52,000. That is one week a year for children and two weeks a year for adults, and I can't even imagine internet ads. These advertisements, they don't simply promote specific products, but they try to sell us happiness, right? They create within us this sense that more and more stuff will make us happy. In the last decade, the smartphones have taken a major place in our lives. In 2011, just 35% of Americans owned a smartphone. And yet in 2000, and yet today, over 85% of us do. Now, a smartphone is not simple. I used to code iPhone apps, and they are anything but simple. So I would say that we understand the complex life quite well. And what we need help with is the simple life. And I think the best place to go to for any help is the Bible. You might remember the familiar passage of Matthew 19 of the rich young man. The rich young man came to Jesus and he asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus replied, well, you must follow the commandments. And so the rich young man said, okay, got it, check. But what else? And Jesus said, If you want to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. After Jesus said this, the rich young man walked away feeling very sad because he had many possessions. Yikes. Now, I know that this is often a passage that I like to glance over. I certainly don't want to sell all my possessions. Surely this passage is not for me, or if it is for me, maybe in, say, 10 years. Well, I think we can learn a lot from this passage and apply it to our lives today. So I'd like to take some time this morning to really dig into it with you. Now, Jesus' call, Jesus's call for some may be to sell all their possessions, but I don't think that that is what God is asking us in every case. There are many examples in the Bible of those who have material wealth and yet have a beautiful relationship with God. Think Job, think David, the faithful centurion. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on the things that are above, not the things that are upon the earth. In other words, let us not set our mind on our possessions, for all things in this life pass away. Whether it's the more obvious things, such as money, a house, a car, our apartment, or even the less obvious things, such as our bodies, our work, our talents. So Jesus may not be asking us in every case to get rid of our possessions, 
But what I think Jesus is asking us in every case and every season is to rid ourselves of the attachment to these possessions. I'm going to say that again. I don't believe God is calling us to rid ourselves of our possessions, but rather to rid ourselves of the attachment to these possessions and to the things of this world. Now let's look a little bit at what an attachment is. Attachments are things that end up taking our freedom away. We can tell if we're attached to something because we no longer have the capability to say no to it. If we're without it for some period of time, we might feel anxious or unsettled. It might be all you can think about. You see, it began with the fall. It began when Adam and Eve chose the apple over God. And because of this choice, we all, as a result, have this, this emptiness inside that only God can fill. However, instead of turning to God for fulfillment, we, like Adam and Eve, attach ourselves to the things of this world for a quick fix. We attempt to fill this emptiness that only Jesus Christ can fill. There's a wonderful book called Addiction and Grace that has a list of many things we're attached to that distract us from God. To name a few, work, cleaning, computers, television, social media, eating, relationships, exercise, house decor, our appearance, and many, many more. The result of these many attachments in our lives is that we become blind to what Jesus is doing in our lives. You know, we sometimes wonder, why can't I hear God more clearly? Or why don't I see Jesus more tangibly in my life? And I think one of the reasons for this is because our vision is clouded by the things of this world. Imagine for a sec if you and your friends decided to climb a mountain to see a spectacular view. And as soon as you got up to the top of the mountain, a cloud rolled in and you could no longer see anything. Now the view is still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's just all you can focus on is this annoying cloud that's obstructing your view. I think in the same way, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit is standing right in front of us, dwelling within us, yearning for us to see them. And yet our vision is clouded by the many distractions and attachments obstructing our own view of them. For example, let's take my phone. Now, if I don't have it with me, it feels like this emptiness without it. Something is missing. At home, I uh, do this experiment where I put my phone on a table and I, I try not to look at it. But I gotta say, every time I walk by that table, I have the urge to look at my phone, the temptation, I'll pull towards it and just click at it and see who texted me or where's the latest news notification that I may have missed. Seriously, do I really need to get an alert that it is raining outside when I can just look outside my window? You follow me. Now, of course, the phone is good for many, many things, right? God bless whoever invented GPS. There's texting, there's FaceTime. But most of the time, at least for me, it's me looking at my phone instead of me looking at my daughter. It's me looking at my phone instead of saying a prayer for a friend who's going through a difficult time. It's me looking at my phone instead of me looking at God. 
You see again, all things in this earth pass away. My phone is not coming with me to heaven, but a loving glance to someone across the room, a prayer for a friend, a worship to God, now that is forever. Okay, so far we have touched briefly on the passage about the rich young man and the call to detach ourselves from the things of the world. We've said that God may not be calling you to get rid of your possessions, but that he is calling all of us to get rid of our attachment to these possessions. We've also looked a little bit of what, what an attachment is. Now to get rid of an attachment, I think it looks different for everyone depending on what the attachment is. But I also think that there are three common steps for each of us and I'd like to go through each of these steps. Step number one, ask. Number two, do. And number three is to rest. So step number one, ask. To ask means to ask our Lord. We saw the rich young man go to Jesus and he asked him clearly, he said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? We too need to look closely at our own lives and we need to ask God, what things are distracting us from you, God? What things do I no longer have freedom to say no to? What do I feel like I cannot live without? I encourage you to take an inventory of your life. You may even try asking someone close to you, but do be ready to hear the answer and don't be mad at them if they tell you something that you're not, you don't wanna hear. I'm pretty sure that you will get an inkling. You may even know what this attachment is already. And please know that we are looking for a balance. Many of these attachments are very healthy and can even be necessary at times. But any gift from God should never take the place of God himself. Another way to say this is we should never love the creation more than the creator. When we no longer have the freedom to say no to something, when that something distracts us from God, then they become an idol and an attachment. Now I wanna pause here and take a moment to speak about legalism. The church has a history of dwelling on sacrifice and sometimes forgetting the many beautiful gifts that God has given us. With everything, it's about finding the right balance that God has called you to. We've mentioned a similar caution with other disciplines in this series, that they should never be taken to a point in which we forget why we're doing them in the first place. All disciplines, including the discipline of simplicity, and when we focus more on the discipline itself than on God. And that ending is actually the beginning of legalism. The discipline of simplicity and legalism are distinctly different, but there is a very fine line separating the two of them. So I really do encourage you to evaluate yourself constantly to make sure that you are staying on the right side of that line, because it is, it is an easy trap to fall into, and I have fallen into it myself. Okay, so we have prayed. And we have asked God what we are attached to. We have that inkling. And now we get to move on to step two. Step two is to do. Now God gave us a will. The will to make our own decisions. To take action. And out of faith, when we have that inkling, which is another word for Holy Spirit conviction, we must take a step of faith. Now I encourage you in this step to start small. 
I recommend making a plan, making a reasonable goal that you know you have the capability and capacity to complete. For example, if it's a conviction to watch less television, then start with abstaining from television one night a week and then gradually increase. Figure out what you'll do when that craving and emptiness returns. Instead of watching TV, you might call a friend or read a book. You might spend some time in prayer or read scripture. Now, I'm not saying that this is easy. Applying the will is hard. The rich young man walked away sad, and we may also feel sad walking away from some of these attachments. And this leads us to step three. Step three is to rest. Now, as difficult as step two was, I kind of think step three is the most difficult. We are not good at resting. I think we can all agree on that. After the rich young man departed, Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. What Jesus is saying here is that it is nearly impossible for a rich person to detach themselves from the things of this world and look to the things of above. Now, this sounds really discouraging, right? And the disciples were discouraged as well. In fact, they said, Jesus, who can be saved then? And Jesus replied, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With man, this detachment is impossible, but not with God as your source of strength. Now this is grace. Will alone does not suffice. Will alone will result in us finding a new, perhaps less harmful replacement. We give up YouTube, we turn on the computer, we give up caffeine, we eat more chocolate. We have all been there. We need God's grace. And to receive God's grace is to rest. Rest in God's love. Rest in believing and expecting that you will detach. Rest in believing and expecting that you will see Jesus more clearly. Rest in believing and expecting that God is indeed filling that emptiness. So I encourage you, take that step of will and then rest. Rest and expect God to fill you with himself. Okay, so we've looked at the three steps to detach from this world. Ask, do, and rest. Now one last little word I'd like to give is to repeat. We will most likely never be free of all of our attachments while here on this earth. In our passage, we see that the rich young man asked our Lord once, and when given an answer, he asked a second time, he said, what else? And I think we too will find that we're going to need to ask Jesus, what else am I attached to? St. John of the Cross, who lived in Spain in the 1400s and underwent an incredible transformation into union with Christ, speaks much of worldly attachments and uses the analogy of a thread that holds a bird. And he says, whether the thread is thick or thin, the bird nonetheless is unable to fly. 
And we too, no matter how large or small our attachment is, we will be unable to see Jesus clearly so long as we are still attached. Step one, ask God what we're still attached to. Step two, do take a step of will towards detachment. And step three, probably the most difficult, rest. Rest in God's grace and let him fill the emptiness with his love. Look, in all honesty, I have gone through this process myself a few times. And every time I get that inkling, you know, that Holy Spirit conviction, I'm like, Jesus, are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? I can't do this. And the truth is, I can't. The truth is, it's impossible for me. But all things are possible through God. I am certainly not the expert at this, and I still have many, many attachments to this world. But I will say that through my journey of detachment, what it has meant for me to see Jesus more clearly is gaining a sense of peace, gaining a greater certainty of God working every day in my life for good and for the good of others, gaining a greater certainty that God is with me every hour every minute, every second of the day. The discipline of simplicity means detaching ourselves from the things of the world. It means ridding ourselves from that cloud that is blocking us from seeing Jesus clearly. It means focusing on things that last for eternity, a prayer, a loving conversation with a friend, a worship song to our God. It means seeing Jesus working in our lives on a regular basis. It means resting in God's love and grace. It means letting God fill us with himself. Ask, do, and rest. Church, detach yourselves from the things of this world and turn your eyes to the things of above. Let Jesus Christ completely fill you with all of the fullness of God. Let us pray. Dear Father, you are our King. You are our Comforter. You are our Lord, our Savior, our, our Prince of Peace, our Mighty Counselor. And dear Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for loving us. We thank you so much, God, for this world that you have given us and this beautiful earth that you've given us and all these many, many beautiful gifts that you have given us. And now, Father, we ask for help. Dear God, we ask for help that you please help us to detach from anything that is distracting us from you. Dear Father, we ask that you help us to first recognize and become aware of these attachments. Second, take that action. And then third, Father, the, the step we need most help with, Lord, we ask that you please help us to rest in you. And God, we ask that you do fill us, Lord, with your love and fill us with you. Fill this emptiness that we have and draw us so much closer to you, Father. 
Dear Lord, I ask for blessing on every single person that is watching this right now. Father, I ask that you bless their week. I ask that you bless their spiritual journey, Father, and that you bring them closer and closer to you, Lord Jesus. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.